0: Welcome to Mature in Every Way, a study of James. I'm Renee Adelsberger. We're going to walk through this book verse by verse. For more from me, visit PedestrianGod.com. Let's get started. James just finished telling us that heavenly wisdom is peace-loving. So he transitions with the question, what is the source of wars and fighting among you? He is going to flesh out what living without seeking peace looks like. First, James says that the source of wars and fights comes from our passions that are waging war within us. Our internal war doesn't stay inside us. Whether we intend to or not, they come out and affect our relationships. Let me read verses 1 through 3 for you to hear again. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. What are these internal wars? Well, for one, we desire and we do not have. What are some things that you really want right now? The latest phone, a car? What about bigger things? Are your parents divorced, but you desire for them to be together? Do you share a bedroom with your sibling, but want one to yourself? Are you tired of your boss and wish you had a more fulfilling job? Are you single and desiring to have a spouse? These desires by themselves are not what inspire wars. It's when we get so obsessed with a desire that we covet them. We want them above all else. We are willing to lie, steal, cheat in order to get our ways. Rather than obey the rules, we look for loopholes to get our way. We desire these things, but don't ask God for them. When we do ask God, we don't approach Him in humility and ask for wisdom in the situation. Instead, we ask with the wrong motives. We ask Him to make us rich and successful, not so that we can bless others with our money, but, but so that we can live comfortable lives. We say, God, give me what I want, when I want it. My will be done, not thine. James does not mince words. In verse 4, he says that we are adulterous people. He says that this level of friendship with the world is hostility against God. We can't love the world and love God at the same time. We can't achieve heaven's goals with earth's wisdom. I've made decisions before that have changed my identity. I married Kevin, which turned me into a wife. I took a job in insurance, which made me an insurance agent. We became foster parents, which made me a mother. And I knew at the time of these decisions that my identity would change. But I don't think about that when it comes to my sin. I don't think to myself, well, when I make this decision to sin, I'm changing my identity because I'll be making myself an enemy of God. But that's exactly what so many of us do. When we don't seek heavenly wisdom, we are more likely to make the wrong choices. We choose our own selfishness and fall further into friendship with the world. Listen to this part of the passage again. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely? James quotes a scripture in verse five that says the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely. This isn't an envy like you and I feel. This isn't the sudden pain I feel when I see my friends hanging out without me. This is a righteous and holy feeling. God, knowing that he is fully worthy and deserving of our full and complete devotion, desires it from us. When we cheat on him by pursuing the ways of the world, we cheat on God. We become adulterers. Verse 7 gives us the word, therefore. Do you remember what you need to ask yourself every time you see the word, therefore? What is the therefore? Therefore. In other words, look back at what James just said. This thought is pointing us backward. Verse 7 says, therefore, submit to God. What did you learn about the word submit in your homework? Submit can be a difficult word for me to swallow because I know that I am supposed to submit to God and also to my husband. It is terrifying to me to think that I am commanded by the Bible to willingly put myself under someone else's authority, because I like to call the shots and I like to be in charge. Even though in reality, I've never actually been in charge, God is in charge and he loves me as his child. He will work everything in my life for my good and his glory. I have to trust that. Which puts a big order on the shoulders of my husband. I submit to him, and he treats me as Christ treats the church. That's with a life of sacrifice and devotion, a life of complete obedience and love. And when you're being led like this, submission comes naturally. The therefore in verse 7 points us to the truth of verse 6. In verses 4 to 5, James tells us that friendship with the world is hostility toward the God who envies our worship intensely. Then comes verse 6. Did you catch it when you were reading? Let me read it to you. But he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Even when we mess up, God's grace is greater than our sins therefore submit to God. James concludes his thoughts by saying, in light of all these arguments, you need to submit to God and resist the devil. When we draw near to God in humility, he will draw near to us. We can come to God with our sins and messes, but as we draw near to him, we must then take part in verse 8. We must cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. God is a holy God, and being in relationship with Him means leaving our sins behind. Our hands symbolize our actions, what we do, say, wear, where we travel, how we spend our money and time, and our hearts represent our motives, why we do what we do, say what we say, wear what we wear, why we go where we travel, and why we spend our money and and time on the things that we do. We don't always reflect enough on our actions to understand the why behind our actions. But the why of what we do is critical. On any given day, I should question my every decision. Why did I wear this outfit? Was it to bring attention to myself? Why did I read the Bible? Was it simply to cross it off my to-do list? Or was it so that I could grow in my faith? Why did I go to work? Was it simply to earn a paycheck? Or have I prayed that God will give me opportunities to tell my co-workers and clients about His love? Why did I work hard during the day? Was it to bring glory to myself or to bring glory to God? Do you see how our entire day is filled with opportunities to purify our heart? Verses 11 through 12 conclude this passage with a reminder that we are all sinners. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? James reminds us that we all mess up, so don't criticize one another. This doesn't mean that we aren't to correct one another in love and truth. In fact, some of James' last words in the book of James are just that. But there is a difference between helping people get back on the right path to God and judging them. In James 2, 4, James already called us judges with evil thoughts when we show favoritism. Now in verse 12, James asks, But who are you to judge your neighbor? We aren't judges. God has not given that title to us. We, who are fully condemned in our own sin, cannot properly cast judgment on others. Remember the last passage we read? We are to be sowing and cultivating peace so that we can reap a harvest of righteousness. But when we fall prey to our own desires, it gives birth to sin, and we are headed to eternal death. We start to sinfully follow earthly wisdom because we only want to gratify ourselves. We commit adultery against God and criticize those around us. Rather, follow James' advice in verse 10. Humble yourself. Remember who you are without Christ. Then remember what Christ has done for you. God will resist those who come to him arrogantly, but will give grace to those who approach him in humility. Father, help us cleanse our hands and purify our hearts before you. Let our actions and motives be pure and bring you glory and honor. Help us not grow too comfortable with this world and its passions. Keep our eyes fixed firmly on you. We love you. Amen.